Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Nevers Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the discussion and dissection of every episode of the upcoming original HBO series, The Nevers, from our Lord and Master, Joss Whedon. I'm Tabs, and joining me today are... Kim. Tig. And Gina. Please make sure that you reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HBO The Nevers. And please make sure that you check for episodes of our podcast. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your friendly neighborhood podcasts. This is a podcast where we'll be deep diving into every episode of The Nevers, providing you with different points of view and our thoughts on each episode. When we're not discussing the specific episodes, you can hear from us in a separate episode that we'll be calling The News Episode, tackling the various rumors, news and any other events that we feel you need to know have and that have broken since the last episode. We're all fans of Joss Whedon's work and so we thought why not create a community where we can express our fandom and discuss his new HBO series The Nevers which I'm pretty sure we're all really excited about because we've waited a long time for him to create a new TV show. A very long time. How long has it been since Dollhouse? The first episode aired on the 13th of February 2009, so it's been more than 10 years, which is yeah. kind of crazy for a person with the prolific work that Joss Whedon has. Well, if you ask Joss, he'll say he's been kind of trapped in the Marvel machine, So, but now he is free, and it's very exciting. Mm. Yeah. No way, he did Marvel? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so let us start with talking about how each of us have gotten into the Whedonverse and kind of like why we're your podcast hosts. My name's Tabs, uh, Tabitha, but everybody calls me Tabs. And I have been podcasting about Joss Whedon's work since 2006. And I became a fan because my ex at the time had a huge crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar and I needed to figure out why. So I borrowed his Buffy DVDs and instantly got hooked lost the boy but kept the Buffy and found most of my best friends through it, including Kim, who's on the podcast here. And we decided to start a podcast empire. We did a audio drama with Buffy and, you know, basically fell in love with Joss Whedon and everything he's ever done, including going back to figuring out that he had written episodes of Roseanne and loved all of that too. So... That is why I'm here. In fact, I'm such a huge Whedon fan that if you look at my bridal party, the only person there that was not a fan of Joss Whedon or didn't meet through Joss Whedon was my sister, who, you know, just came along for the ride. <laughs> so it, it has been a while. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, Kim, how about you? Yeah, I actually got started through Firefly. Friends of mine have been talking about it, and I was pretty resistant to watching Buffy. I definitely enjoyed Firefly and was totally thrilled to watch it. I actually was around when the movie came out. So I saw the movie in the theaters when it came out. But my friend said, you should watch Buffy. I think you'd like it. And I was like, ah, no. And she goes, well, it's by the same guy who did Firefly. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so then I started watching Buffy. And then it was just like the beginning of the end at that point. I loved it so much. I immediately tried to look for people online and I was already listening to a lot of podcasts. And so I stumbled upon Tabs's very first podcast, I believe, and wound up striking up 
sort of relationships with various Whedon podcasters. And uh, then one day Taz was like, you should podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, lo and behold, I started my own podcast called Upside Down Halfway to Happy Land and where I discussed Buffy in various different aspects. And then I worked with Tabs in um, Between the Lines Studios, had some amazing moments, met the most amazing people ever. And now here we are, very excited about the Nevers. Gina, why don't you go? Okay, cool. Long story short, one of my best friends in college was like, hey, have you ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I'm like, no. And at the time, me and my twin sister had never finished or really watched TV shows. We're really like big film people. So he's like, I know it's seven seasons and then there's a spin-off show that I want to watch like at the same time when we have to. So like, are you guys down? And we're like, I'm sorry, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like that title sounds so stupid and we're probably not going to like it. <laughs> so I'll just never forget watching the first episode and being like, all right, this is a little cheesy, but there's something so special about it. The characters you immediately fall in love with, the storyline is just so unique, and obviously it's a female-led show, and even at that time in college, it was probably around like eight years ago, it still felt groundbreaking. So yeah, I just remember at the time, I was still in college obviously, so I felt bad neglecting my friends, my homework, um, (laughs) the new band that my sister and I started just because we had to watch Buffy and Angel like as much as possible. And yeah, it's been a crazy journey these past eight years. Lisa, my sister and my friend Josh who introduced us Buffy, we also had a Buffy comics podcast in 2012. So after we finished both shows, we started reading the comics and commented on them. So yeah. I would definitely say Joss Whedon's works is definitely in my life. So I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm the last one left, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm afraid my story is not quite as interesting as all of yours. Back a few years ago when there were only four TV channels and very, no internet, I was scrolling through the TV one day trying to find something to amuse myself and saw this strange lady jumping out of alleyways and attacking creatures with scary faces. And being as I've always been obsessed with fantasy and mythology, I was like, oh, vampire killing, that that's quite fun. And within about maybe 10 minutes of starting the episode, I absolutely fell in love with Joss's style. The writing was sharp, the script was amazing, the characters were instantly engaging. And you know, from there, it was pretty much love. I We got onto Angel, and then a few years later, my friend showed me Firefly, and I've... I've rapidly consumed voraciously consumed everything he's put out since and yeah so i figure if he's starting a new show i have to be in at the ground floor awesome see that was interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 really interesting to me because um there are there are fans who are like i only love buffy and there's fans that are like i only love firefly how dare you watch that buffy show but (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think if the the folks that do enjoy all of Joss Whedon's works, like, you know, Kim and I love Sugar Shock and wish there were more of it. <laughs> you know, anything Joss writes, there's this level of writing and, and specialness, I think, in his way that he brings together a group of people to write for, with him on a TV show and then just makes it funny and humorous and 
heartfelt and I'm really excited that he's tackling a Victoriana kind of story. Steampunk. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so to go into that, well, let's talk a little bit about the premise of the Nevers and kind of our thoughts. And Gina, can you tell us a little bit about what the premise is? Yes, very excited too, because four of my favorite characters in Buffy are the Fanged Four, and I loved all the flashbacks when we're in Victorian London, so I'm stoked that this new show takes place in that setting. So the short synopsis for The Nevers from IMDb is an epic science fiction drama. A gang of Victorian women find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. The action on screen will play out over the course of 10 episodes on HBO. So HBO has been doing this, I think, very successfully doing the shorter run, which, you know, obviously the BBC kind of pioneered, I think, this like shorter run TV shows that you just, you know how long they're going to be. You just write all of them instead of the traditional American season where it's like, maybe you get canceled after, I don't know, 10 episodes and nobody ever gets to know the (laughs) (laughs) storyline. They're doing it really fantastically right now with Chernobyl, which is only six episodes. Like, Oh, I really need to see that. It's so good. You need to see it. But I think HBO has, has capitalized on this idea of streaming content media. And I really look forward to The Nevers because this is a show that probably would not have been made otherwise because I feel like the the cost of doing historical science fiction just gets really prohibitive. So something like Netflix, who also apparently wanted this show and HBO doing it, it makes it easier to get on the air than, say, 10 years ago when Dollhouse got canceled. It still still hurts me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would agree. And I love that it's HBO. I know that they, I, I kind of love all the talk about how they're still looking for the next big thing now that the last big thing is over. And so I'm excited at the prospect that this could be it because of course it will be for us <laughs> but right and and you know I have mixed feelings of when Joss becomes popular because it's mm-hmm. always a, a little bit of a weird situation where we're always like wait hold on <laughs> you don't wait <laughs> he's popular now okay fine everybody likes him now <laughs> which is really how it should be but I'm excited for people to to really come back to recognizing how amazing the writing is and just what he can do with the story. And I'm pretty jazzed about that. And I love the idea of the Victorian setting. I think that's going to be amazing. I really, really like some of the like things that I've read about it, where they're really trying to put like a, the, the sort of important things in today's society in to this story like with ownership of the like the the way the name of the show is he calls it the nevers because these are people that never should have existed and so now they're just owning that much like a lot of marginalized groups are doing throughout the world these days so i love that it's still on point and still relevant today Um, and i'm excited about 
where he's going to go with that. Really quick. So I'm sure you, Kim, and Tabs were there as well, potentially. But I believe in 2015 at San Diego Comic-Con, Joss Whedon announced a new comic book called Twist that was supposed to come out in Dark Horse Comics. And it was supposed to take place in the Victorian era. And it was supposed to be, obviously, a female main character. So it's really interesting that that never came out. And I'm curious if that story has anything to do with the Nevers, if he just kind of expanded on it, and I feel like he did. And hopefully he did, because the Twist comic was supposed to be about why, Josh said, why isn't there a Victorian female Batman? So <laughs> if there's any character like that in the Nevers, that would be amazing. And it's just really interesting. It's interesting that he was going to make a comic about something that is sort of related to this. So I'm curious. If, I'm sure he'll bring that up in interviews in the future once the show starts. But yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, I I have to admit I'm I'm drooling a little bit because my very first fandom is Sherlock Holmes. So Victoria era is huge for me. And I'm trying not to get too excited because I know also this is science fiction. So I don't know how much Victoriana will actually get into it other than, hey, they look nice in these Victorian clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you never know with HBO. But, you know, that idea of bringing some female empowerment into the Victorian storyline, even in a steampunk science fiction-y kind of way, is really exciting to me. I do wish there were more episodes, though. Mm. It's going to be hard to just do 10. I'm just hoping that, like, by default, they're already thinking, we're going to have a season two. <laughs> uh, the problem with that sort of thinking and already planning for a season two is that if Joss's record holds true and we end up not getting a season two, we may be left with, once again, a number of amazing beginnings of stories that we never see a payoff for. So while I'm obviously hoping that we get many, many seasons to come over many, many years. I do hope he uses those 10 episodes to tell a relatively self-contained, self, like self-staining plot. Yeah. And in fact, one of the things that, that I know we've talked about in the past tabs is that Joss has this history and habit of not really like throwing in some sort of significant twist or something like that really hooks you on episode six yes and if we have to wait until episode six of this show it's not going to be great because <laughs> you will already be more than halfway through the whole series so hopefully he will uh speed that up a little mm -hmm. <laughs> and we would hope that yeah. since it's 10 episodes not 22 he would half that as well rather than six <laughs> yes yeah and it really depends on how many writers he has because i know hbo shows work differently than you know regular tv shows so he might have a smaller writer's room and not a lot of people to help him Ump that to three. <laughs> Two writers. Mm -hmm. And they've been quite cagey about saying any more. So I'm hoping it'll just remain Joss, Laurie, and I've forgotten the name of the third person. I feel quite bad now. <laughs> I'm hoping it just remains those three. Mm. Yeah, and it, it, it's weird because I feel like Joss does very well when he has a huge room of writers. But other shows, I'm like, you know, just have one or two. It works so much better. So I don't know. It really depends. And obviously, it's been 10 years. Joss has been sitting around honing a lot of his skills. So maybe he can maybe he can pull it out. Maybe he can be like, episode one, you're all hooked. Go. <laughs> While his work on a certain expansive cinematic universe 
was great and it, it was all very enjoyable. It did feel like he was a little more constrained than he usually is because he had to fit his story within someone else's world. I'm hoping while that was going on, quietly off to one side, he was building his own universe so that once he was free of their red grasp, he could kind of do his own thing on a grander scale. He actually said almost exactly that at several panels that we went to where he was talking quite a lot about being sort of stuck in the machine that he was in and sort of the constraints. And he often said things like, I can't wait to go back to creating universes. Mm-hmm. So, um, great so that's very exciting. I think that we finally have word that that's happening. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing with Joss. Joss is very good at fixing other people's scripts. Like that was his first job. He's very very good at it. He can come in and fix a script and make it more fun and lighthearted and and heartfelt. Uh, he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, he wants to build his own worlds. So, and he's a great world builder, but he also I think he also needs that team to come alongside him and say Okay, Josh, stop world building and let's tell a story. <laughs> I was quite glad to see that uh, Whedon Stalwarts and his secret weapon, Jane Espenson, is once yes. again going to be producing. So I'm hoping she will work her usual magic on this show. I mean, yeah. I don't think she's ever worked on a show that hasn't been fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's true. I have one in mind, but I will keep that to myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love her. One, but we forget that one is fine. Exactly. <laughs> They can't all be amazing. Then you start thinking that they're they're magical or they've sold their soul or something. Right. <laughs> I do love Jane. She's definitely one of my favorite writers. So I'm stoked that she's even a part of the Nevers. And I believe, and I could be wrong, was it announced that Douglas Petrie was also helping out? I believe so, yes. Which is also really exciting. Mm-hmm. So It's like the gang's back together. I know, right? <laughs> Let's just throw Tim in there and maybe we'll... Uh... <laughs> Tim I was is, waiting for his announcement. Tim is Tim is on a show, guys. I know he's on a few shows, actually. One that Charisma was on. Save that. Save that for another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it does go on another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we are excited about the premise. We are excited about Joss. Obviously, there is not a lot of information out there right now. Like you know, there's even websites that are like, we don't have more information than this, but this this is what we got. Probably because it is still in pre-production, not even production yet. So it'll be a little bit, a little bit time before we know any more. But as we know it, we will tell it to you, and we will give you our thoughts and opinions, whether you like them or not. It's just how we roll. Yeah. So let's go on, but to the the main piece of news that we do know. Uh, yes, the main cast that's been announced so far is Northern Irish actress Laura Donnelly, who will be taking the role of Amalia True within the Nevers. You may recognise that name as she's no stranger to some current rather action-packed shows. She has played a, a recurring role in Outlander as Jenny Frazier, which is a show I've not seen but I've heard excellent things on. She's also in ABC's The Missing and ITV fantasy drama Beowulf Return to the Shieldlands, which is a really awesome title. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon has actually spoken on her casting and is quoted has been saying, Donnelly has the charisma, wisdom and anarchic precision that not only captures Amalia, but defines her. She's fierce, she's funny, and I'm going to need both for the journey ahead which is the line that fills me with 
a very special kind of anticipation because that just sounds like he's crafting a, the perfect Whedon-esque world and I can't wait to be a part of it. So you may recognize if you have watched Outlander, this is the main character's sister. The main character, male sister. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Main character, male sister. So, yeah, the, I thought she did fantastic in the... I've only watched up to season three of Outlander, but she's like a fierce, like, strong woman in that that, that show. So I'm excited for that she's in The Nevers, because I think she can bring that same feisty attitude. I'm definitely going to be watching Outlander now, because I'm, like, such a geek when people are announced to do new things. I'm like, no, I have to watch everything they've ever done. So at least the Outlander for sure. And I'm, I love that description that Joss Whedon gave about Donnelly and about Amalia because I feel like there's still so many people nowadays that are like, oh, a strong female character is someone that's really strong and can beat people up. And like, yeah, that could definitely be part of it. But everything that Joss said describing both Donnelly and Amalia is complex. And I feel like that's the best kind of strong female characters is complex ones. And obviously, not only would Joss Whedon do that, but it seems like he is based off this quote alone. And that gets me really happy. And that's just one character, and I can't wait to even hear about the rest. I think Joss definitely has an amazing history with cast with um, creating these incredibly complex characters. Going back to Buffy, one of the arcs that I was most surprised by and, most, and really found myself enjoying as time grew by was Cordelia's, who in yes. season one goes through. You would just you would easily pass her off as just the typical, you know, head cheerleader. Then like, oh yeah, she's just she's background. But then as the show goes on, she becomes this amazing character and then she transitions to Angel and it becomes even deeper and even more amazing. And he does this in every show. All his characters have this great depth and I can't wait to see what he can do when he's given sort of free reign and a slightly larger scope to work with. Yeah, and one of the things that Joss has said is that he's learned from after Buffy, from Firefly, and even a little bit, I think, with Angel was that he knew that he needed to have a team rather than just a one person to focus on. And so, like, even if you notice in Dollhouse, he definitely, even though Echo was the main point of the story, you really did get to examine and look at all of the other characters involved. So I really hope that he does something similar with this too, even though she might be the you know, main person that we see, we get a team. And I think that along with that, hopefully we will get the same sort of level of camaraderie and excitement for the product that we got with Firefly and their cast. Because you hear about casts that get along and you hear about casts that don't. And overall, it feels like the ones where they have such a, a familial sort of environment those tend to be the shows that we end up loving and embracing quite a lot. So I really hope that with her, they we end up getting some of that. And the fact that Joss is excited about her, thinks that she's fierce and funny, that's really a good sign. Yeah, I, I know with a smaller production time, it's a little different than the, the American shooting schedule where it's like for 
nine months out of the year you're filming with these people. <laughs> so also is a, a bigger scale production. So something like Game of Thrones or something like that, where it filmed for a long time, just shooting all 10 episodes at the same time, I think. Yeah, hopefully that, that brings that sense of camaraderie. I'm really curious about where they will shoot to be, you know, Victoriana. I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere in England. Possibly Ireland as well. Yeah, so I know that, that they have already set up some productions there. I'm trying to think of where they shoot Gentleman Jack, but I'm not entirely sure. So that is a current HBO show, which has gotten a second season. And it is in 1800s and is beautifully shot, I think. I'm looking to see if I can sail where it is. Uh, I believe it's mostly shot in West Yorkshire. Yeah, okay. And some, some of it is shot in Copenhagen. Nice. Which makes a lot of sense because it's got, it's got, there's a, a lot of places in that area that have a very old world feel to them. Mm -hmm. But I could see him doing a lot of work there. Yeah. That's the one thing I am excited about with this production is HBO has already done some historical dramas very, very well. So they know where to, to film and they can jump all over Europe and, <laughs> and get it done. I'm reading this article and it says HBO programming chief Casey Bloy gave the rap a status on the nevers and this was published in april 15th 2019 and he basically said whedon has been furiously writing the scripts he's been writing he has a staff and we're shooting this summer and then it says boys couldn't give us an exact production start date but it's sometime this summer in london so that's super exciting i can try and find out where it is and crash the set if you'd like please, <laughs> yeah, please do <laughs> We will send several people there. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Well, do we have any final thoughts about the Nevers and our excitement level? And... Oh, oh yeah. One, one last thought. Um, one of my favorite things about Joss Whedon's work, which is everything, but one of them is um, I love his ability to craft amazing villains. So I'm super excited to hear about and see who the villain is, what the villain is. Is there more than one? Is it a team of villains? Like, there's probably going to be more villains, you know, instead of just one. Like, there's probably going to be standalone episodes sometimes, too. Like, I'm so excited for that, especially in this setting. I think it could be really unique. Yeah, because I think everyone always talks about how important sort of the, the protagonist is to a show. But I've seen so many shows that have got amazing main casts and are criminally let down when it comes to the antagonist. Mm -hmm. If you think of like some of the greatest shows of all time, you, like Breaking Bad, you had Gustavo Fring, who was just electric the moment he stepped on camera. Even, even back to things like Farscape, when there was Scorpius, who wasn't mm -hmm. was an antagonist, a really strong villain can lift a show far higher than many would assume they could. And with just his history of you know, things like even going as far as actors like Caleb, played, of mm -hmm. course, by mm -hmm. yes. a, a Joss Whedon's favourites, Nathan Fillion. I think, you know, he's, he's got a habit of making villains that you hate, but have to love a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Joss is the person that taught me the idea that, and he said this many times in, in writing kind of things, that a villain is not a villain in their own mind. So he writes them as if they're their own heroes. And, you know, th that I think is what was very compelling, especially if the Nevers is this idea of female empowerment. And if we're villains are the antagonists to that, it'd be really interesting how complex that story can be. If the guys, you know, or the other lady villains are like thinking that they're they're doing the right thing. I would also like to say I am super 
I'm looking forward to hearing about any of the Widna alums that do join. Yes, please. Whether it's writers or actors or whatnot. I would imagine like he would probably try to sit on that kind of information until, you know, to surprise us. But I would really look forward to hearing about anyone else that he adds to his team and just the general excitement because in most of the people that he's worked with that we know pretty well are very good at what they do. So I'm sorry if there's not at least one Buffy alumni in every episode. <laughs> I'm I'm writing. <laughs> I would just note that Amy Acker has recently become sort of untethered. So I'm sure she'd be more than willing to return and work with Joss again. Please. Uh, my final note, though, is please, HBO, do not make everybody use not their accents. Please. Yes. Yes. Please. As much as I love Doctor Strange, every time Benedict Cumberbatch comes on stage, I'm like, stop talking like that. <laughs> I still think he has a pretty good American accent, though. He just no. He needs to talk. He needs to speak in his his original accent. Yeah, I don't know why they would change it. Like he could totally be a British doctor in New York, you know? Right. But you know, that's that's my note to HBO. Please let people speak in their correct accents, especially since you're doing Victorian times. You know, it just it works. I will say in Chernobyl, though, it's a little weird that they all have British accents, but you know, I I overlook it. As long as we don't get another. Dick Van Dyke level British accent, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and tuning in. And thank you to my co hosts for joining me and going through this wonderful tromp through why we love Joss Whedon so much. And we will definitely be listening and hearing and ravenously consuming any news we can about the Nevers and bringing it back to you guys. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at theneverspodcast at gmail.com. And we may even read them on the next episode. Please make sure that you remember to subscribe and rate us because every review will just add that much more attention to us. And maybe we can get some traction here. And speaking of craving attention, if you're on social media, please remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at HBO The Nevers. All right, everybody. Again, my name is Tabs. I am your host. And if you would like to find me on the wonderful world of the internet, you can either find me at Tabs or at Soupcom Tabs. That stands for the Sprink Mender of the Internet. Kim? Um, you can find me at pretty much anything Athena Muse. <laughs> Ty? I'm not really on social media. I, I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> but you can, you know, if you want to send him an email, Kim gave you your, you know, your, your email, just send him an email. I love it. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm Gina. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Gina Gemini. The Gemini is spelled G-E-M-E-N-I. And please find me. I would love to talk anything Joss Whedon. Yay. So that's it from all of us. Thanks you for listening. And we will be back as soon as we can. Bye. Bye.